Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, yo. Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO and you sign up to get two risk-free bets. How is everybody? Excited to talk to everybody today on this lovely Wednesday. I'm Sean Anderson. Welcome into a remote version of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. And alongside me, as always, I wish you were right next to me, Herb. It's Herb Lawrence. Hello. Right. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Disappointed to not be able to watch this one with you. Would have been a fun one. And hey, even with the rain delay that lasted about an hour, this game went pretty quick. Yeah, it did. And I was uh, hoping for the rain delay. And people saw on Twitter, Brady Singer, when he was at University of Florida, had a rain delay. And he absolutely lost his shit. He started whining like a baby, kind of throwing his glove, crying to the camera. And I wanted to see that again as a major league baseball player. And also, I wanted the guy to leave the game. But apparently, no, I didn't. Jose Abreu didn't want him to leave the game. And the White Sox mm-hmm. definitely didn't want Brady Singer to leave the game. Who was that yep. guy who was on the bump for the Royal? Because that's not the guy that showed up earlier this year. And who are the two clowns, uh, you know, all worried about him? The White Sox not be able to hit him uh, on the CHGO White Sox Oof. pregame. Couldn't be us, Herb. Um, yeah, hey. it wasn't the, the Brady Singer of his last two starts. And I, I think that was mainly credit to the White Sox. This is Brady Singer. What he does best is called strikes and blowing uh, and, and, you know, making you then chase the slider outside. The White Sox didn't do that. They spat on that shit. They were trying to spoil all of his good pitches. I really like the way that they attacked him today. And Hey, most importantly, we should probably let the people know it's a White Sox victory. They went four to one. We didn't say the score there. White Sox win four to one. We were worried on the pregame show that after mm-hmm. Brady Singer's two good starts against the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees, that he was going to come in and shove. And he did not do that. Aloy Jimenez looks fantastic. Jose Abreu, like he said, continuing August Abreu. And he's got two home runs already in the month of August. Um, it really felt like Andrew Vaughn had some good swings today. Um, Tim Anderson had a couple singles, still some disappointing at bats. And our guy, Josh Harrison, coming through again. So uh, up and down the lineup, they're getting contributions. And I, I can't be more excited. Um, I know that you know people are afraid to say, uh, is it, are they going to turn the corner? Are they going to turn the corner? Are they going to turn the corner? I'm just excited that they keep taking care of business, Herb. They've been taking care of business in the month of July, and they take care of business in the first series of August. I'm satisfied with the win because it was a dominating win from a pitcher standpoint. Lance Lynn was on his game today with the six innings pitch that he had today. I'm happy that hitters put bats a ball versus a guy that they usually strike out against. That's awesome. But we're continuing the seeing the uh, trend continue of a bunch of singles, but right. we broke up that bunch of singles with the Jose Abreu home run. That is what the difference is right there from the White Sox losing this game and Lance Lynn shoving and the White Sox winning this game and Lance Lynn still shoving. And you get to Brady Singer finally, and you put some points on the board. 
Right. It felt like a good game all around. I, I like what AJ said in here. Hey, boys, waiting to get out of the parking lot at the G-rate. Super chill game to watch. No big jams. Just clean baseball with un one unfortunate grounded to double play. Let's do that again, huh? Um, honestly, I'd say two uh, unfortunate grounded to double plays from uh, Tim Anderson and AJ Pollock. But absolutely, that's the first thing I said to our guy, Stephen Nicholas, our producer. I said, that's a clean game. I mean, there, there was not many issues with this game that I had, um, you know, the, the home run that Bobby uh, Witt ended up hitting. Oh, well, tip your cap to that guy. There's Solo a reason shot. why he was selected right behind Andrew Vaughn. And then the other one, too, the Moncada play hit by Witt down the third baseline. Moncada gets to that ball. Great pickup. Clean throw. It's just a tough play. It's that a tough test. If anything, I'm not putting in the air on Andrew Vaughn, but I'm saying an above average first baseman, a guy who's played there all year long probably gets the the pick there yeah that play was it down yeah was labeled as an air for Moncada. i have to agree that major league baseball will review and they do it uh in a couple they, of weeks down the road did they uh change it yeah they already game? changed it i think in the fifth inning uh, okay. stoney was like well yon Moncada gets uh you know he gets it uh his record white clean uh yeah, and, and that the was scorers great... honestly wake up to their senses finally <laughs> It was an awesome play. The first to get it, the end, underhand uh, flip, he, you know, it might look showy, but that is an effective throw. He knew he had to get the ball out of his glove quickly because you got a fast runner and Bobby Witt Jr. going down the line. And his at-bats have been frustrating, Moncada, mm -hmm. but thank God we don't have to watch Jake Berger defend third base or, or play defense at third base we're not seeing those major league or, or minor league mistakes happening at third base that's really fantastic to see you know even when he is making an error or you know originally making an error it's still uh, you know, a close play right i mean he is not making he's not whiffing at balls he's not you know not getting in front of balls he's not really backhanding a lot away from his body a lot of clean solid um, uh, fielding from from Yon Mankata, which has just been really refreshing to watch. And speaking of that, the one problem I had of the game was the bases loaded, no one out situation the White Sox failed in. Oh, yet again, mm -hmm. we see Yon Mankata. I mean, a guy who drove in a run in the first inning with a great at bat strikes out. I mean, you can't have that. You saw what happened last night, and that's why I gave kudos to Eloy for the one out he made last night is that he knew ball had to go in the air with right. the bases loaded, no one out. And he got the job done. And we're seeing on the screen right now for people who are listening on the podcast, Dion Moncada versus Brady Singer there. You have a chance to break this game wide open. It's four to nothing at the time. And he just sits there and takes another slider. I mean, usually it's a fastball right down the middle, but it's a pretty goddamn good pitch right there. I mean, I don't know right. what's going on with – with Yoan Moncada, why and that spot where it's needed the most contact, right? Of any kind, like you hit the ball, they were playing back for the most part of the, the Royals defense, conceding a run for the double play. Any contact there, you get a run in, you get him out, and then the next batter, AJ Pollock, grounds into a double play. So that's the big problem I have. It's just two at bats because the rest of the bats in the game are single, and that inning were singles. But I need more. When you have the bases loaded, I need a different type of concentration, uh, understanding that this is the moment I need to come through. A strikeout is not ever acceptable in that situation. And I know Brady Singer's tough. And so me saying that is also, you know, kind of unfair. But you're right. a major league baseball player. 
you got to well, come through to in that situation. I want to give him credit for the first at bat because if he doesn't come through with a single in that at bat, the White Sox waste a great opportunity first and second, and they fail again in runners in scoring position. Let's look at the first at bat for Moncada because it is it's just a weird at bat. You're right that the mindset needs to change for Yohan Moncada, and I don't understand why he wasn't. I guess I, I, I have two complaints. He's not aggressive and he wasn't being patient. So I, I, I mean, that's it's weird. really just you know <laughs> uh, going against each other here. But let's go through the first at bat. He gets I think his... as Vidi used to, likes to say, both things can be true, even though they right. se- seem like the opposites. Both things are true with uh, Yoan. And I'm sure all Sox fans who are listening is like, yes, aggressive and also passive at the same time. Right. The first pitch he sees from Brady Singer here, he, he gets a slider inside and the thing about Singer that's been interesting to watch, and, and let's uh, let's go to the called strikes first, so then I could illustrate this point, and then we'll go through the, the Makata at bats. You can see there with the slider, um, and on the right side would be um, it would be left-handed batters. Um, you could see how it, it really he does a great job of picking that inside that inner third uh, to throw to batters, but you know throwing inner third to a lefty a slider that's a meatball. I, I mean mm-hmm. that's exactly kind of with Bobby Witt. I mean that curveball that. Lance Lynn ended up throwing, hung over, spun, stayed up, and he 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 nailed it. Um, so I understand uh, Moncada being aggressive there, but the main thing with the sinker is, especially to a left-hander, it's going to come in and then hit back in the middle of the plate. And it, it's funny. I think a lot of White Sox hitters, um, at least to start when they first saw Singer, especially early on this year, uh, the righties, I mean, it probably just looked like a ball the entire time, and then he's got this nasty tail mm-hmm. uh, on on that sinker. So it, it's a tough pitch to hit, but you, you wonder, you think, after seeing a guy three times that he would understand what he's trying to do with him. So the first uh, pitch here to Mancata slider inside, he he's aggressive. He fouls it off. I'm pretty sure to the, 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 uh, the slider. If we can go to the first at bat, thank you, Steven. Uh, the slider gets fouled off. Then he throws another slider way inside. He, he spits on that. Great to see. And then he gets a sinker high in the zone. It's a ball fouls off the fourth pitch and stays aggressive. The sinker is basically in the same spot, hits it for a single 98.5 miles per hour, 16 launch degree angle, right? A six at 50 expected batting average. He drilled the shit out of it. That is a mm-hmm. professional at bat, right? He was looking for stuff. He spat on good pitches. He knew that he was looking for either something down. And then he saw the similar pitch on pitch four uh, as to pitch five and attacked it, right? Yeah. Brady Singer couldn't throw it by him. Great to see. He wasn't, he was aggressive, which I like to see. Let's go to the and second effect, though. Came through on a mistake. Right. Came through on a mistake, came through on, an, on a hittable pitch, and came through with runners in scoring position. Uh, second at bat here, changeup misses, and he doesn't have a good changeup. Uh, and then look at this pitch on two. Um, like, I mean, this is well outside the zone. Mm-hmm. This is low and inside, and he's swinging on a 1-0 pitch. I, I just don't get it there. He's, he's swinging over it. Um, I didn't think it was that impressive of a slider there. The third slider, too, he throws it much inside, and Moncada splits it, gets back to 1-1. And then this, like, super close strike, this sinker here, um, it gets called the ball, easily could have been called a strike right there, and he's in a 2-2 count. And then he gets a slider that is literally um, out of the zone, and he gets mm-hmm. the same one on the sixth pitch. It's middle-middle. I, I don't understand that. You're in a hitter's count. It's 3-2. You've been aggressive on lower sliders. I don't really know what he was looking for in, in that at-bat. And that was a brutal strikeout again with the bases loaded. Um, and in the third at-bat here, um, basically the same thing. Ball, called strike, foul, and then he swings at just an ugly slider uh, low and inside. And it's just like, why are you swinging at the ones that are low and inside, but the ones that are in the middle of the plate, you're letting go. And it's like, you had success in the first at bat, and it felt like 
you know, he just, he just went away from it. And that's the most frustrating thing about Moncada. We can skip the fourth at bat. Um, but again, it's, he delivers, but he delivers with a single. And like our guy Clark said, you know, 12 hits, 11 of them singles, one home run. And they're basically doing David Bowie's hits and they're going station to station. And it's, it, it is ugly. And I got frustrated with it. I said, you need to go boom here. And that's when Abreu went boom. And uh, it, it took a huge relief off me. But again, they still can't be doing this. And you brought up the Sebi sacrifice button and, and the frustration with that. Yeah, it's just, it's that old school mentality. We've seen this multiple times with Tony late in the game or mid middle of the game when you're already up or down. It doesn't really matter for me going for one run right there. Like you're giving up a, an out to advance a runner to run it into the scoring position for a team that doesn't hit well with runners in scoring position. I'd rather give Sebi uh, the opportunity to ground into a double play. Hell do something instead of giving up the out. I understand that two outs is much worse than one, but the attempt, the process, the the thought process of, hey, let's go for the jugular instead of just getting one more run. Let's start to score like two, three, four runs in this inning. We got this guy in the rope. Let's do it. But no, we give him an out, and then subsequently the next two guys get out really quickly. So, yeah, the White Sox won, and there's good things here. There's really good things here, and we right. will get to them, guys, but we got to talk a little bit more about – like I think in that three two, and most times when uh, Yoan Moncada gets caught in those uh, called thirds, it's going back to 2018. He's probably decided before the pitch is thrown, I'm not swinging because that's the only explanation I can get. Like sometimes when you get a a curve that starts at a high level, and then you were sitting fastball, you just can't restart. Right. I understand that. That's but, when you get buckled. Yeah, but but if it's fastball slider, you should be sitting fastball adjusting to anything and you know what he throws he throws that sinker and he throws that slider you're sitting on either one of them there's no reason for you to be taking that pitch right and I it's think not he like... needs to get out of his own head and like a you told him after that year hey man you need to be aggressive aggressive like mm -hmm. actual aggressive and three two looking to drive the ball like it's your count because he's got to come to you anyway and so many times they must have a scouting report on going Mankata. it's a pitch that you're like that's not even borderline that's a great pitch he should right. be Putting bats a ball right there. Yeah, it was a it was a hitter's pitch that he just was caught looking on, and it was just it, it's brutal. Um, and you you mentioned it too, like we're talking about some of the negatives here, but I, I see the question: Are the socks back? And we need to honestly just that's going to be the podcast for the next fifty eight games. Is are the socks back? And trying to <laughs> see if we can figure out if a hot streak is coming or not. The fact that they had so many singles, it's fine, it's good. I'd rather have singles than getting out, but. You're up against the Royals, and you're up against Royals pitching. And you just got shut down by Daniel Lynch, who's struggled most of his career. I, I, I just don't know if it's around the corner. It's good to see. There are some really good signs. They hit the shit out of Brad Keller's fastball. They hit the shit out of Brady Singer's fastball. Continue that, right? Let's. I, I've been so worried about the way that they've been getting slidered and slidered and slidered and slidered to death. I, I, this has been some good signs, but again, it's only two games. And this is the first time since they were six and four that they are two games above 500 Herb, Brutal. I mean, it, it took them like 90 games to get back to this point. So yeah. I, I, I don't know if we can trust this yet. Thankfully we have August Abreu. We know that guy's going to be here. So oh, there's probably going to be more home runs than any other month that we've had this year. But outside of that, I don't know. 
couple of his partners up at the top of that lineup are trying to take his month away from him too. Andrew Vaughn's got a good start to August. And of course, yeah. Aloy Jimenez, I think is now has a nine game hitting streak. And our guy K- 456 since the break driving the ball hard. And our guy KPW asked, you know, when's the next statement series for the White Sox? It's I think he, uh, no in Houston or here versus the Astros after the White Sox play the Detroit Tigers, I believe next weekend or uh, in the middle of two weeks from now. So yeah, you're I breaking believe- up a little bit there, but yeah, the the Astros will be coming to Chicago on the 15th, 16th, and 17th after they play uh, Detroit on the 12th, 13th, and 14th. And so that is the statement series because all the rest of these series are versus also runs. This is the opportunity right now to run off six in a row. You got the first two right now versus Kansas City and a sweep in Texas. I know on the road it's tough, but the White Sox have played better on the road, and I don't see anything in Texas, especially with their lineup or their pitching that can stop this White Sox team if they play as they should. And that's, you know, famous last words because they don't play as they should more likely than not. And going to Connor's point about the needing a statement series here, I don't know if it's against the Astros that they really need to do this against. Like going out and sweeping the Rangers in a four-game series, that's a statement win right there. I mean, go out and handle business. We keep saying you have the easiest damn schedule and you've just been a 500 team this entire year. You went out and handled business in the last two games against Kansas City. You just need to carry that energy through. Um, If they are able to get a four-game win streak here, I guess a six-game win streak, um, building off of the the, the two wins against Kansas City, they could be in first place. Um, Sox Haps mentioned this a little bit earlier. Verlander and Manoa versus guards and twins, respectively, tomorrow. They're probably one back if they win. The White Sox being one back in the if they win. They're currently two games back as Minnesota and Cleveland both won today. Minnesota's at 55 and 49 on the season. Cleveland's at 54 and 50. They're one game back of Minnesota, and the White Sox are 53 and 51. They are two games back of the guardians or two big games back of the twins for first place and the run differential it's creeping down Herb, remember what was at minus 56 it's down to minus 10 so they've been closing gaps right we i i i don't want to say this team gives me braves energy right or nationals energy from 2019 or 2021 but we know that this team has been much capable of more And I don't want to say this is them realizing potential because they haven't really ran away with anything yet. They're still in third place. But since July, it feels like it's just been the slowest of builds, right? Maybe it's coming. It feels like maybe it's coming if they have a good series this weekend. Yeah, and I can see that there are better at-bats going on with the White Sox, too, overall from early in the season, even earlier, earlier in this month or early in July. There's better at bats going on, even though we have isolated a couple here uh, when they struggled. I feel that the White Sox are using tape, using what this pitcher has done against them in the past. And I don't think Brady Singer was on his A game. Mm His slider was not as filthy, especially with the uh, horizontal break as it usually is, or or the vertical break that it usually is. So maybe they got a a break there. But I felt the at-bats, as you were saying, they were crushing and attacking, like purposely attacking his fastball, his sinker early in the game. And they were doing it, doing it, and then doing it again. And so that is something that they didn't do in the past. They were bad on velocity, really bad on velocity. And so now to see them move to the next stage, maybe lifting the ball a little bit more. That's two games in a row with a home run. Good to see. Let's make it three, then yes. four, five, six, and seven. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I think this was interesting from uh, Jamie uh, or, or Jaime. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure uh, where the pronunciation is or where the uh, uh, accent is, if there is one. But Jaime Velez uh, saying the negative run differential of minus 10 is the only team in MLB to have an above 500 record and a negative run differential that has to change uh you know, corner or no corner. So I, I agree with Jaime there. Um, may, maybe things are, are, are turning around here. Um, and I think one way it could turn around is if Lance Lynn's healthy. And hey, you mm. look good today. Lance fucking Lynn. God damn. He's back. He's back, baby. Look yeah. vintage. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. you could say it's the Royals, but hell, those are Major League Baseball players that do damage sometimes to pitchers. You saw what Salvador Perez did on Monday. He looked like a child today. Lance made sweet, sweet love to so many Royals today. I mean, the one mistake to Bobby Witt, tip the cap. It's a solo shot. That's exactly what you want. I mean, if you're going to give up a run or a home run, that's what you want. Lance today, six innings pitch, one on run, that solo home run by Bobby Witt Jr. Only four hits, didn't walk a soul, and was out there elevating the fastball versus Salvi Perez, making him Mm -hmm. look dumb. I think, what, three times today? It was awesome to see Lance Lynn just rearing back and being the guy that he is the top five Cy Young award winner last year. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it looked like that today and it is the Royals, right? I mean, you know, Salvi's their best hitter. They just traded away with Merrifield eight K's though is nice to see. And the big thing too, and you mentioned uh, Salvi Perez three K's and I, I sent this on Twitter. Um, I mean, before he had that fourth at bat against Liam and it, it probably still wasn't uh, pretty, but he had six swings, all of them missed. He had six swings, <laughs> six of them were swings and misses, mm. and he had a called strike whiff percentage of 75%. Wow. They threw him a strike 75% of the time. That guy had nothing for the White Sox today. But the big thing about Lance Lynn here, his average velocity, his pitch velocity, is basically sat around 92.5 over the past couple starts, and it's creeped up a little bit a- a- as well. Here's the big thing. 20 pitches today over 93 and a half. A couple of those fastballs, especially the four-seam fastball, was getting up to 96. And I, I mentioned this to my guy, um, Pine Tar Keyboard. Um, he, was sl- he slid in the DMs. We were having a little chat today. And he said, just if Lance Lynn's like this, it feels like he has the healthiest arm or, or the freshest arm out of all the guys currently in the rotation. And if it fe- is finally clicking for him, if he's finally over that long spring training, the delayed start, the injury, I, I mean – my, watch, out, my yeah, watch out world. I mean, the, the starting pitching has been very good recently for the White Sox. If it continues to be very good for the White Sox, they only need four runs to win each game. And I, and I feel like if they're hitting 12 singles, uh, they, they're probably going to hit more extra base hits. Like, again, this was a very, very promising start from from Lance Lynn. Great to see. Looked really in control and, and control through the whole six innings. Yeah, and it was really good to see, like, the temperament. It was good to see that he was back to being angry. Like you heard him after he gave up the Bobby Witt home run after the inning was over, the regular Lance Lynn. Motherfucker, let's go. Come on. You know, cussing himself out. That's what I like to see. That's how he thrives on a little anger, a little pissed offness that these people would dare come up to bat versus him. And then Bobby Witt would dare hit a home run. He's mad at himself, <laughs> not about not Bobby Witt. He's like, oh, bat, Matt. I mean, uh, Lance, you're better than this, you son of a bitch. You start being better, and that's what you get. And you said is the velocity is up, and that is a deadly thing. He's starting to regain some of that swagger back, you know. People are in trouble if Lance Lynn is a top five Cy Young guy again 
like you said, the White Sox only need a couple runs. They've been getting great outings from uh, Dylan Cease, Michael mm-hmm. Kopech. Of course, they got one today from Lance Lynn. And you know, it was a good outing, en- enough of an outing from Giolito. And you know you're going to get a quality outing every time Johnny Cueto goes out there. So money. What's, what's going on? Now we just have to knock on that wood, make sure our uh, trainer gets these guys in the best shape for every fifth, and make sure that these guys are ready when it comes to the playoffs, because as we always said, we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. We're going to the playoffs. We're winning the AL Central. That we're is not afraid. Of the even though it's very, very, very controversial to say that, because the White Sox have been really mediocre this year, they're going to catch their stride eventually, and they're going to win more games than the Minnesota Twins. They're maybe not going to look great doing it, but they'll win the AL Central. They'll raise a banner for the second time in a row. I like Terrence saying, "Herb, tip the cap, Lawrence." Sometimes you got to tip the cap, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's you a know, good nickname some, some, for you. Those guys are out there trying to make money too. Yeah. Uh, and, let's. And sometimes they catch you up with you. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, they're MLB players, just like the White Sox. And even though they come from a crappy organization, doesn't mean the Royals can't pay. I mean, they're picking from the same pool. You know, I mean, the White Sox pick Andrew Vaughn and they, they got Bobby Witt behind him. You know, I mean, you, you're regretting that, White Sox fans? I'm pretty sure that it was behind him. I think Vaughn was third and I think Witt was fourth. I could be wrong on that. That's um, right. I do want to go to Lance Lynn's pitch mix here, and then we'll talk about the, the Bobby Witt, Homer, and Vinny Duber should be joining us soon from Guarantee Rate Field. Here's Lance Lynn's pitches. Uh, forcing fastball, we mentioned, had a lot of velocity on it today. 38 forcing fastballs today, 43% of the time he used that. He used his cutter 33% of the time. He used his sinker 13% of the time. Used his curveball 9% of the time and his changeup twice. The The pitch that I'm curious in is that curveball. Um, him using that, it seems infrequent, um, and it was actually pretty effective. Uh, three swings today, one miss, um, got some called strikes on that, 38 called strikes plus whip percentage on that curveball. Um, very, very good for a pitch that usually you're trying to get guys to tease out of the zone at, um, only getting one whiff, two called strikes. Um, usually, especially in zero-zero counts, like that's a way to steal strikes is throwing a curveball just to catch guys off guard because usually they're looking for a pitch fastball. That's a big thing with Brady Singer. Um, but you see that right there on the fat forcing fastballs in the cutter, 29% uh, called strike plus whiff percentage for the four-seamer, 45 for the cutter. So really, really fantastic stuff for uh, Lance Lynn today. All right, let's pay the bills real quick, Herb, and then let's go out to guaranteed rate field because Vinny Duber is in the waiting room uh, here. So the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get tier three bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com and we'll help you out. And PointsBet's your home for live and play betting. And it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs with the Points Bet app. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Download the Points Bet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Again, once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. If you or somebody who has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use every day, Herb uses every day. I started taking AG1s because they've been a longtime partner of CHGO since we started the damn thing. And not only does it taste great, not only have I felt better using athletic greens, it's easy to just implement into my day. I wake up, I 
pour it into, you know, 10 to 12 ounces of water, have a glass of water with my additional greens. And with one delicious scoop of AG1s into that water, I absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your ability to recover, focus, and aging, all the important things. Herb, yes. 7,000 five-star reviews, 7,002 if you take in Herb and I's uh, reviews themselves, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's go out to Guaranteed Ray Field and talk to the biggest EDM fan out there. Nice shirt. <laughs> is that is that what the shirt is saying to you right now, Sean? Something tells me that the words that came out of your mouth and the visual that folks are getting are not are not meshing together. Uh, yeah, no. Well, I I, I was just going to that was my canned line for you anyway. So I was going to call you the biggest EDM fan. And then you had a nice shirt on a very nice tie dye Led Zeppelin shirt. So uh, I appreciate that. We're joined by Vinny Duber out at Guaranteed Rate Field. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. White Sox win four to one. Who'd you talk to after this one? Uh, we heard from Lance Lynn, obviously, uh, you know, and, and what, what a day for him. Uh, you know, really good, uh, really good outing from him that, that looks more like him, right? I mean, I think we've been waiting all season to kind of see him be the guy that finished third place in the AL Cy Young vote last year, and it really looked like him. So, uh, you know, that's obviously a huge plus for the White Sox. If they can get him going, it's going to be a lot easier to kind of uh, get the ball rolling here over the final two months of the regular season. Uh, obviously, you'd like to be able to, if you're the White Sox, face the Kansas City Royals every time out, but, uh, you know, uh, being Lance Lynn and, and seeing a little bit of that Lance Lynn. I mean, hey, mm -hmm. a guy who it really seems like uh, there was no thought that he wasn't going to continue the game after that hour plus rain delay. So, uh, you know, there's that, uh, you know, got to take the ball from me kind of guy that uh, fans fell in love with last year that really had a lot of success last year. And if he keeps pitching like this, uh, the last two months are going to look like uh, the last last season for him. I was really impressed with the last two games that, you know, two pitchers that have white, uh, the White Sox have been flummoxed by four runs total in their four appearances before these, this series, getting to Brad Keller today, getting to Brad, Brady Singer today. Did they speak about how they have matured from earlier in the season where these guys were just dominating and Brady Singer, his latest outing before this was a 10 strikeout effort versus the Yankees. Just very impressive with the at-bats. They speak about how the offense is just coming around as of late. Well, I think they see it. The, the number one thing that they keep pointing to is that the offense is finally, you know, together, that these hitters are finally all kind of in place at the right time. Luis Robert will be back in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, and then that will probably be the first day all season that the White Sox entire uh, offensive uh, playmakers have been in the, uh, in, you know, healthy at the same time. So that's number one for them. But uh, listen, what have we been waiting for? We've been waiting for the White Sox to play like we know they're capable of playing. Aloy Jimenez is playing like the guy that we were, uh, we were expecting right now. Jose Abreu is hitting like the guy we were expecting right now. Um, when you get uh, more and more guys in this lineup to fit that description, uh, 
it's going to be no surprise that the lineup is going to start producing like we expected it to. So uh, Aloy Jimenez has looked fantastic uh, ever since the uh, All-Star break. Jose Abreu has kind of looked fantastic the entire time he's been wearing a White Sox uniform. Uh, and here he is, August Abreu, doing his thing mm-hmm. here with uh, a couple home runs in, in back-to-back nights. So um, two guys alone is not going to do it. This is two two games alone is not going to do it. We have been fooled so many times this year to think that uh, one day or a couple of days was going to be enough to turn things around. So nobody should be uh, buying that this is the moment until it perhaps becomes the moment, right? And so uh, certainly good vibes the last two days, uh, which is very, uh, you know, um, counter to the vibes everybody was feeling at the trade deadline yesterday. Yeah, I mean, nothing like showing Rick Hahn. Maybe he didn't make a mistake uh, by going out and doing what they've done in the past two games. Uh, Maybe there is something to the unity. I I mean, you you mentioned the fact that, you know, those six guys haven't even played in a game yet this year. Robert, Grandal, Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, and Jimenez. Um, That should happen tomorrow. Uh, Are we concerned that there might be any setbacks? Because I know that Luis has very been, you know, it it feels hit and miss with, with, with this. There's not a lot of known, so... The word still is that he will be the DH tomorrow and play center field on Friday. Yeah, the plan. In fact, Tony gave us the plan for kind of the next five days, it seemed like the next five games, you know, that uh, he would be DHing tomorrow, playing center field Friday, off Saturday, playing center field Sunday. And the idea, I guess you'd probably see him in one of those two games of the Tuesday doubleheader okay. in Kansas City. So, um, He's he's back. You know what I mean? He's he's off the he's off the IL and he's ready to go here. Obviously, people were very upset that he wasn't playing today. But, um, you know, precaution has always been a, uh, a, a an attribute of these White Sox since they started this rebuilding thing. When it comes to injured guys, when it comes to guys they're calling up from the minor leagues, that kind of situation. So um, I don't think it's really out of character. Uh, however frustrating it might be for the fans at home, but uh, he'll be back there tomorrow and it might be the start of a, uh, a long stretch of games that he'll play in uh, after his off day on Saturday. And speaking of precaution, they saw a, lo- a late scratch of Gavin Sheets today. Uh, what do you go out with uh, Vinny uh, today? If you'll remember in last night's game, he had the one play where he leapt at the wall to try and make a catch mm-hmm. on a line drive, yep. uh, bruised his ankle on that play when he ran into the wall. So uh, I think they were just, you know, again, being cautious and, and giving him a day to, to kind of rest up from that. Hey, Herb, you know what it's like to take a little fumble, you know, rice it. You know, you got to rest. You got to ice. You got to what? rest, elevate, day, you know, take care of that. Gavin I, know. I thought it's you were I thought you were referring to Herb as like a uh, wet cell phone or something. You got to put him on rice. <laughs> uh, no, not that way. Uh, the other that day. probably would have worked just as uh, just as well. <laughs> Um, I do want to talk about Lance Lynn. We tend to talk about the demeanor. I was watching the the game with my girlfriend on the couch. Um, and she's like, why is that guy spinning after every pitch? And, and it was like, you kind of saw an animated Lance Lynn. Is his demeanor different after a game like this compared to when he has a, a struggle, especially talking to him after the game? Like, did he feel any different? Or, I mean, is he just a professional that, you know, it's it's a day's work and he's usually coming to talking to you guys with the same respect that he always does? Well, I think uh, he's certainly in the last two years that he's been here, he's made a a built a reputation of being very blunt. Um, And I think when uh, his bluntness is talking about something negative that can come off as, you know, a little pissed off about it. And I'm sure as a competitor, he's not happy when things go wrong. Uh, You know, earlier in the year, very blunt and saying, you know, that he wasn't, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing what he needed to do. He was, it was horse shit, that kind of stuff. He kept saying, Um, but I think he's similarly blunt about positive things too. And so you say, 
is this better? You know, are, are you feeling better? Are you feeling good? And his answer is, you know, yes. You know, like he's, he's, he, he'll tell it to you how it is. Um, I, I think, you know, you saw a guy who Lance Lynn is one of the biggest leaders on this team. And I know that that's not maybe super apparent watching the games on TV, but behind the scenes, he is the leader of the pitching staff. He is the biggest, he is one of the biggest leaders on this team. And, uh, I think it's hard to, I don't want to say assert yourself because he's earned the ability to, to step into any conversation, but it's hard maybe from an individual standpoint to feel confident in giving advice or confidence in a providing a critique when you're not able to do what you're trying to do. And certainly for the first two months of the year, that was just be on the field, be on the team because he was recovering from that injury. And then as things moved along, his performance wasn't where it was at. And so I think, you know, maybe he uh, wasn't that same personality that everybody got used to last year the big bastard so to speak right uh because he was trying to earn it in, in a way um he's doing that he's starting to do that again and so you know you see the spinning you see maybe you're gonna see some uh the classic spin around and swear at the universe kind of thing whenever he strikes somebody out maybe you're gonna start seeing that a little bit more because now he's getting back to being himself and being the pitcher that he knows that he can be uh obviously a great thing for this white Sox team and an entertaining thing for those of us watching uh watching him pitch and the thing that rick Hahn also can hang his hat on is the pickup of jake deekman mercy i tell you what that slider is just filthy and i know he said to you guys in the simple media when he came here I'm ready to pitch every day and i was like skeptical i was like nah, you're a white Sox now kid you're not going to pitch every day damn damn that that man didn't pitch every day not even every day he pitched like 14 hours later that's amazing he was just so good i know they're not going to run him to the ground is there any like uh kind of plan for him and his usage since he is really the only big time lefty reliever they have i know tanner banks is in there but you know he's not has doesn't have any experience doing this in the late run of August and September. I mean, I'm sure their plan is, uh, I'm sure their plan is to use them as much as his body will allow them to. I think there are, are guys uh, on this team that are dealing with things that aren't enough to put them on the IL or anything like that, but are things that the fans don't know because it's not necessarily report, you know, reported by them or reported by the manager every single day. They can just say unavailable today. And, and that might, be because somebody pitched yesterday or it might be because they're dealing with something that they've been dealing with all year and you know the smartest way to use them is to, is to stagger their appearances a little bit um perhaps jake deekman is is not dealing with any of that kind of stuff and he's able and ready to go i mean i was looking the other day man jose ruiz is pitching a hell of a lot of ball games uh you know what mm -hmm. i mean there doesn't really mm -hmm. seem uh, we we don't really hear that he's ever unavailable, right? I mean, there, we don't really hear that uh, he is dealing with something. And so maybe he's one of those guys that is kind of always on call. Maybe Diegman can play a similar role. We'll see. Obviously he's going to be one of the only guys in terms of uh, his left-handedness that is going to be able to be called on late in games. Tanner Banks, who Tony LaRusso referred to the other, the other day as more of a starter. Um, obviously he's been pitching out of the bullpen all year, but um, Diegman's really their only lefty right now that they can go to late in games. First two games he's been in uniform, they've called on him and he's looked fantastic. Uh, you know, so who's to say that that's going to continue? Uh, you know, I don't think anybody thought that that was a bad move when Rick Hahn made it. It was just more like, okay, where are all the other ones? Um, doesn't mean that the one that he did make can't work. And, and so far in two games, it's worked very well. Yeah. I mean, what was frustrating to me about the whole trade deadline thing is 
the only player that he moved was a guy that he was going to have to DFA or that, you know, there was a roster crunch anyways that was going to affect Reese. So he didn't even pluck from the minor league system that we had, that they have. So I understand that, you know, it's still 28th uh, in the major leagues uh, ranked prospect farm. But I mean, some of the guys that you thought could have helped this team another right-handed bullpen arm to help Jose Ruiz or Matt Foster. And Jose Ruiz also pitched in the, the I think the most games last year too um, for the White Sox. So, I mean, he's just been a workhorse the past two years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I lost my train of thought there. Great. That's fine. Awesome. Uh, it's fine. Go ahead. Jose Ruiz throwing a ton of innings. Uh, but Diekman, Diekman, a guy I liked before the offseason. And they said that we probably could fix some of the issues that he's having. He had a, a, a rough July, but they, he said back in uh, July, July 13th uh, to a Boston paper that it's mechanics that I, I feel confident they'll be able to fix it. And I think the White Sox said something similar that they see something in his mechanics that they'll be able to adjust and tweak. Yeah, that was part of Rick Hahn's comments yesterday. You know, we're you know get this get these guys to uh, to to Rick uh, to Ethan Katz and to Kurt Hasler and see what they can do with them. Those were the comments that were made about the pitching acquisitions way back in the offseason, or I should say, spring training. Um, you know, whether it was Vince Velasquez or Joe Kelly, uh, these newcomers who they really were like, all right, they they've got something that we like about them already. Now let's put our guys on them and see if we can't right. uh, you know up that a little bit more. So he said that about Jake Diekman yesterday, and uh, like I said, so far so good. I know that Kendall Graveman struck out three uh, Royals today, so that means he gets Thor's hammer. Two questions for you. Do they do a public presentation when you guys are in there? And then secondly, do you get to handle Thor's hammer? I know you didn't strike out three guys, but I'm sure you would like to, you know, have Thor's actual hammer in your head. I don't forgot what it's called. Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Guys, both need a little work there. It's Mjolnir. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I've got to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know if Kendall Graveman got it or not. Obviously, three strikeouts in the inning, but he had it wasn't a perfect inning. I don't know if that's part of the requirement mm, or not. Yeah. I did not. I would. I was not looking to see if it was sitting in his locker or not. So I'm not sure. There is no public presentation, mm. and I'll tell you this much: not only is there no public presentation, uh, or not only will we as the media not be able to get uh, to handle it. The starting pitchers are not even allowed to uh. touch it. <laughs> the starting pitchers need to. Uh, I asked Liam Hendricks about this in uh, earlier in the year, and he said they need to go get their own thing. So this this is strictly reserved for bullpen pitchers. Apparently, they're the only ones uh, who be worthy enough to possess the power of Thor. So I think first off, did they then get their new thing with the Michael Kopech and the Randy Moss thing? Is that their new thing? The Randy Moss jersey. The Randy that... Moss. The Randy Moss jersey is team wide. There are also two. Yes. There's one for pitchers and one for hitters. So who got so, those today? Did you see those? I saw locker? one at Lance Lynn's locker. I didn't see it anywhere else. Sometimes they're hiding because sometimes they'll put it. They'll hang it up and then they'll put something else, you know, in front of it. And some, right. so it's kind of all difficult to spot sometime. But Lance Lynn had had the, had a Randy Moss jersey today. I would have to imagine Jose Abreu would be the guy to get it today. But uh, I, I cannot, cannot confirm uh, on that. Uh, so whether a bullpen pitcher is able to acquire the Randy Moss jersey is a good question. That perhaps needs to be ironed out. And I think there was one question. I think we had this uh, run into it before because I think someone walked someone in an inning, but they still had three strikeouts. So I think they're still striking out the side. So I think we have figured that part out. So I think Kendall Graveman might be having that in his locker room soon. Uh, Herb, you got any more questions? Because I got, all right, we got the fun one. Someone asked in the comments, I think it was Tommy. Um, yeah, Tommy asked you, do you remember the first day you grew this mustache? 
what was what, like what what was the mindset behind growing the mustache? I don't think well, we've asked you that before. Well, the mustache uh, certainly did not come along in one day. It's a, well, obviously it's a, it's a process. Uh, I'll tell you this, and certainly I don't know the you know the the CHO CHGO followers won't know this because I obviously had it before we started. Um, but you might remember if you watched any of those post game shows during the 2020 season. Every once in a while, they'd forget on NBC Sports Chicago's postgame show, they'd forget to um, click the button that makes it so it, it's locked on, on the manager. So in this case, it would have been Rick Renneria, right? Uh, it's, you know, you can click the button on a Zoom call and it can lock the screen right. on one person. Sometimes NBC Sports Chicago would forget to do that and it would do the thing where it would go to whoever was talking. And so every once in a while, you'd get shots of uh, us, the reporters, asking the questions briefly on the postgame show. So I don't remember if, if anybody remembers this from the time, but I had it all the way down to here. Oh. And so that was the, that was the impetus was I wanted to see if I could do the horseshoe. And so that stuck around for a while. And then, you know, you get a girlfriend and a fiance and a wife and you, you want to clean it up a little bit for her. But uh, yeah. Oh, there's a real old one. There's a real old one. That's pre, that's, that's pre anything. Baby. That's oh, nothing wow. on there. Yeah. Each fuzz. Pre pandemic too, right there. Yeah, and then Bruce, and then Bruce in the back. Oh yeah, you did slim down a lot. Look at you. Look well, at you. first of all, you can only see my shoulder, so I don't know if that's an accurate uh, depiction of uh, my weight uh, fluctuation. But uh, there you go. What a what a, a what a what a slim shoulder I have these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, was it like Thurman Munson? Ask. Uh, it, it didn't look great. We have pictures obviously of me when, when me and my now wife started dating in, in late 2020 and it's all the way down to here and it, oh, it's, it's ugly. It's ugly, but, uh, it was fun for a bit. You ever tried just the goatee? I've tried just the goatee and I, I, I hated that. I liked it. No, I have not did that. I never was. The intention was never to do a beard at all. I never okay. did a beard at all. I, it was just a crap mustache for a while until it became a, a full one. So, before no, I came. never wanted to do a beard. That's not that's not my my jam. Yeah, before it came iconic. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. The iconic EDM fan, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Putting that uh, on his name. People on the podcast are not going to know that he's not an EDM fan. No, oh, come on. I mean, that's he's, bad. he's wearing Muddy water shirts. He's wearing B.B. Yeah, King shirts, Little Richard shirts. Looking. If they've been listening before, they know Vinny's not an EDM guy. They maybe just think he likes a lot of music, even the crap music. Hey, maybe. Music? We're calling that music? There's no okay. instruments involved. I'm not quite sure it is music. but Electronic whatever. dance music. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're gonna, we're gonna find out when the when the when there's about uh, what do we got? What day is it? August third. Yeah. In eleven days, when there's about six people out on the field for the post game EDM concert here, we might, I think my <laughs> point will be proven. Shots fired at Cascade. Uh, Love you, Vinny. Uh, appreciate you joining us from the G Raid. And again, follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. See you guys. Bye. Oh, what a joy he is. All right, let's mm-hmm. quickly talk to you about our points bet pick of the week uh, and. You know, obviously, if you're going to be playing the points bet pick of the week, you got to download points bet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email points bet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. My pick of the week, Herb, it's very, very easy. Dylan Cease is starting this weekend. Bet on his over strikeouts. If you want to go eight plus, you want to go nine plus, 
you want to dabble on 10 plus, it might be a tough number to get to, but I think he's going to have a really, really great start against Texas. I really think that slider is a complete career changer from him. And my guy, Pantar Keyboard, uh, wrote up about his slider and, and how really historic it is. So go check that out on Southside Sox. I think Dylan Cease is going to be great against the Rangers. So that is my points bet pick of the week. Download that points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signed up with the fastest sports book easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. Again, what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet by betting on Dylan Cease gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. I just want to point out that my pick of the week was spot on today. Nicky Lopez, 0 for 2 with a walk, zero <laughs> hits. He was out too late last night, and it showed on the field. He actually had one ball that he hit pretty hard to second, but it hit. That's all that matters to me. There you go. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's, what, $5 to win? $5 bet, yeah. It was, uh, it was plus 125 so it was a little bit more than that. Hey, Steven, right. you want to know something for uh, CHGO bets? Let's hear it. I'm, Are you broke? I'm broke again. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, well, I bet, I, bet, I bet all on the Royals. And, uh, hey, Brady Singer did not pull through today. Let's look at Brady Singer's Before pitches. you go, yeah. maybe every other person with the Royals besides Mike Massey, local product from mm. Brother Rice, and Bobby Witt Jr. went out with Nicky right. Lopez because no other <laughs> Royal got hit except for those two guys. There was one other person in the picture that was sent to me, but I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was a player or not because he is from around the area. It could have been a, a hometown friend. Mike yeah. Massey was getting his sleep because he's a Brother Rice crusader. <laughs> There you right? go. Hey, Crusaders, he's acting right? manfully in uh, Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ or whatever uh, <laughs> our, our fucking slogan is. <laughs> he's doing it, though, and uh, really proud for him. Uh, that was great to see. Great to, for uh, his family to get the shout out on the broadcast and uh, great for Jason to give him the uh, Brother Rice shout out as well. That kid is like one year younger than me. I was walking the same halls with that kid. Uh, I didn't talk to him too much, but uh, really great to see. Shout out to the, you uh, stuff the, him the locker room and the me? locker. Yeah, you. How much time I stuffed him in a locker? Yeah. I, I That kid, I think, is taller than me by at least two inches. Mm, but you're the senior. I am the senior, but uh, you, like you can tell that I'm Little not. pipsqueak walking I'm, around. I'm, I'm real scrawny. Um, anyways, let's talk about our guy Brady Singer and how the White Sox attacked him today. Again, we talked about his fastball. Um, if we can look at the pitch mix here, you could see through the sinker mostly, 54 sinkers today, 28 swings herb, four whiffs. Nice. Um, you know, still decent numbers. Uh, and this is why Brady Singer is, uh, you know, intriguing to me. Why I, I would like for the Royals to trade him, uh, because I don't want to see him in our division. Uh, 28% on his uh sinker for called strikes plus whiff, 11 called strikes. That's what this guy does is he loads up the strike zone. You really can't be patient with him. That was the White Sox issue with him last time, was that he was in control and he was not walking guys. But the whole thing is. Uh, 28 swings, four whiffs, uh, 28% on the called strikes plus whiff, seven foul balls, 17 balls put in play. So 24 Beautiful. times they made contact with his pitches, with that sinker um, on 28 swings. That is beautiful, like you said. Really great stuff to see. Um, Steven, if you want to throw up the called strikes here too, um, just to see. I mean, like a lot of those in the middle of the plate. I mean, there's really nothing that is too far outside. There's a couple of those sinkers. I think you can count like three sinkers there um, and, and maybe four sinkers, but like a lot of it's middle of the plate, Herb. Yeah. They got a lot of good pitches to hit today. Yeah. No matter the run, if it ends up in the middle of the plate, NLB headers will hit it and hit it hard. The White Sox tuned them up for what, uh, 10, 11 hits today. And Jose Abreu got a ball that was elevated, a sinker elevated, and he deposited it into the right center field bleachers. 
it's good to see that the White Sox are attacking mistakes. I would love for them to make it hurt a little bit more with doubles, triples, and some home runs. But beggars can't be choosers. We got to take exactly what the White Sox are giving us now. They got to build up there. You got to crawl before you walk is the philosophy. And so I'll take what they did today versus Brady Singer. He was not as good as and sharp as he usually is. You see those balls, like you were saying, that all the sinkers, mostly for the most part, elevated and in the middle of the zone. There's a couple on the inside uh, uh, that the White Sox hitter fought off and got a knock on. I think that was the Aloy uh, broken bat single over the shortstop's head. But that's good to see the White Sox because a month before and when Aloy first came back, he was not doing this. He was not getting balls to do drop in. And the ball that he uh, got to scoot through the infield early in the game, that's just a product of when you're going well. You know, sometimes when you're going poorly, you hit the hardest ball ever and it gets caught by some right fielder, center fielder. But when you're going well, you could hit the dribbler up the middle and it just finds a hole. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, his timing just looks on it. Like you mentioned, um, you know, the, the swings that he were putting on it, very, very confident swings. Um, and even the one that he popped up, he skied out a little bit um, to center field, but it was still the right idea. He saw that that ball was coming in. It's exactly what Bobby Witt did. It was just a little bit lower. So it was tough to truly get a nice swing on that. And he ended up lofting it a little bit too much, but uh, it really does feel like Aloy's coming around. All right, before we look at the probable pitchers here, I just want to talk about the last 18, 18 games for the White Sox because they have 180 hits. They're averaging 10 hits per game in their last 18 games. Great sign to see. Hopefully that continues. Maybe they don't even need to hit extra base hits because Jose Abreu is there, Herb. You know, right. Jose Abreu is going to be good for a couple each game because it's August. So maybe they'll be all right in August. All right, let's look at the starting uh, pitchers for this weekend. Four games in Texas. They're going down to Arlington. We are unfortunately not going to get Dallas Keuchel or Fort Worth Keuchel um, starting in this series. But Johnny Cueto leading off for the White Sox. Not leading off, but opening the series up on the bump. Uh, Cueto on the bump for the White Sox in that opening series. Cole Raggins making his MLB debut. Um, I I also like how I just put the right-handed pitcher in for Cueto and didn't finish that. But uh, Cueto versus Raggins in the first game. Cease versus Otto in the second game. Kopech versus Dunning in the third game. Great matchup there. And Giolito versus Spencer Howard in the fourth game. Herb, you see it. No one real special on that pitching side for the Rangers. No, it's a treat this Raggins guy is he a righty or a lefty I thought he was a lefty right um not Cole sure Ra- I was gonna his, I was gonna fill that out but I, I did not I'm pretty sure he's a lefty making his major league debut delicious he is a lefty making his major league debut and he was a first round pick back in 2016 delicious he might be good he might actually be good because they don't have a book on him then you know you can look at all the tapes from round rock and AAA but you know when you don't have a uh, book on him. You don't see his movement live. It's kind of hard. So he has a slight advantage there, but the White Sox have the advantage of usually doing well versus lefties and they should treat this kid to a beat down. But you know, the White Sox with the uh, mediocre to bad pitchers and especially pitchers that have never faced them. They usually look really bad versus. So I want them to change this prescription and go on the road as they usually play well out there and treat this guy as he should. And no, the rest of those pitchers, the best one, of course, is our guy, Dane Dunning. I miss him dearly, even though we got the big bastard out of him. I think Dane Dunning will be a decent pitcher and will make one of these all-star games before he leaves Texas. That's just the lone representative as, as the Ranger, because I don't think they'll be as good, even though they got Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager on their team. I think he'll be that good, and then he'll go on to a nice career 
not anything that's earth shattering, but you know, one all star and a reliable fourth or fifth starter and somebody's rotation that's winning. Absolutely. And, you know, Raggins, you bring up, uh, he's had a nice season down in AAA and double A, a 307 ERA. Um, he's limited his walks each and every year that he has uh, been in the minor leagues and he keeps progressing and limiting those walks. So if he's in the zone and he can locate, we saw the White Sox have trouble with Daniel Lynch. So, you know, it, it, it might not be a sweep. But if they lose game one, maybe they win the next three, Herb, because that's been the whole uh, the whole model there. And uh, I think that's hilarious. I don't know if this is true, but Clark's saying 167 singles. Do they have 13 extra base hits in those 18 games? I did not see that. I mean, would you not believe it? I mean, that sounds right. That sounds White Sox. That sounds disgusting, Herb. That sounds honestly like a hate crime yeah. um, against White Sox fans. If you mention hell, that would be hell if they only have – just Let's beat, see. Beating the ball. Oh, no, no. Come on. They have 32 doubles and 21 uh, home runs. I'm about to say, <laughs> that's, uh, hey, did you believe it for a second, though? I, oh, I absolutely believe oh, it my for God. a second. <laughs> hey, Clark. Hey, man. You can send us uh, bogus stuff all the time because that was awesome. Because I believe the fuck out of that. <laughs> it's like 169 oh. singles out of 189. That's good stuff. But we need to see those uh, extra base hits go up a little bit more, especially this Texas ballpark looks like it's prime for home runs but mm-hmm. in right field. And then they have a huge, huge uh, right center field there. And not the jet stream that they had back in the day where Noah Mazar hit the longest home run in StatCast era. Still, 505 off of the White Sox. Ronaldo Lopez gave up that home run back in the day. And then Rick Hahn went crazy. And it's like, I got to have that 25-year-old Nomar Mazara, who's now becoming Nomar Mazara more and more in San Diego. Who's actually yeah, gone to a professional baseball team and has taught him how to hit. Um, that's good to see. Uh, yeah, interesting series. He's only got two home here. runs, though, still. Mm, he's finding it, Herb. Don't worry. That's mm-hmm. a tough park to hit it in. Um, we'll see what happens in this next series. We'll have a, a, a pregame show tomorrow. So we'll I don't know if you know. They got this guy named uh, Juan Soto. So uh, no more par playing for no more. Not even on the bench? Why four? No, we're good. Yeah, you already got one lefty power bat. Two would be uh, overkill. Um, especially for the White Sox. I only got Gavin Sheets, so I mean, two would be a, an embarrassment of riches there. Um, Steven, if we could see the uh, starting pitching uh, matchup real quick, just one more time, we'll be previewing tomorrow's matchup between Johnny Cueto and Cole Raggins. It should be a fun one if Johnny Cueto continues to pour, uh, perform. You see a 286 ERA for him, uh, 420 FIP. Um, his control has been elite throughout this entire year, so I'm not too worried about that FIP. Um, but then Dylan Cease on Friday, 201 ERA, 270 FIP. That guy has just been nails the entire year, so the White Sox should win that one. Um, and, and that's the thing right here, Herb. I mean, like the only guy that I'm worried about is Giolito. If Giolito gives up six earned runs, then shit. I mean, you're, you're probably going to have a rough day. But if the White Sox are able to put four runs up in each of these games, I think they should win. They have great pitching, and, and, and hopefully these guys are turning it on. Cueto's been good. Cease's been good. Kopech's been good. Giolito's really the only question mark this weekend. Yeah, and it's going to be a blistering weekend down there in Texas, so it's going to lead to these guys hanging out with each other in the hotel bar, talking <laughs> story, telling stories, enjoying each other's time, and it's going to bring some camaraderie. And, of course, we're getting Luis Robert back, which is a big-time sigh of relief. He's going to be designated hitter on Thursday, playing center field on Friday. He's going to be sitting out on Saturday and then resuming play in center field on Sunday. And then, of course, Monday's an off day. So I feel great about Luis Robert coming back. It wasn't that serious. The White Sox told you what it was. And now he's coming back. He has a uh, vitamin deficiency or a vitamin imbalance. 
Now he's back. I that was, was thinking a- that because he was eating too much of that Domino's pizza. <sighs> Told him, why don't you get to Chicago, eat some real pizza. It's got some vegetables in there so you get the correct vitamins inside your body. Notice how, they, notice how they just say virus, too. Maybe it was a stomach virus. Maybe that, that Domino's ate up his, uh, his stomach. There. Wait, wait, wait. Is Domino's a sponsor? <laughs> no. No, it was crap. So you're living in Illinois. You live in Chicago. Upgrade your pizza. And I know I'm going to get comments. No, it's actually good pizza. Actually, no, you go to Little Caesars, get a hot and ready $5 pizza. We're going to delicious. We're going to end the stream before people defend that garbage. Uh, you can follow Herb Lawrence. A great, uh, p- has great pizza taste. Uh, you can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Shout out to Vinny Duber, who joined us from Garrett Shade Great Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Appreciate all you guys hanging out in the live chat today. Hector, we're not sure if the White Sox are back. Find out tomorrow. We'll be live at 6.30 p.m. for our pregame and then have a postgame after the final out is made. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing our show, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac's 1979 album, Tusk. Also, thank you to uh, David Bowie's 1976 album, Station to Station. Shout out to Clark uh, for that one. That's the Frank Minichino mindset right there. Station to station, boys. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one. White Sox win 4-1. to one. We are very, very happy as the White Sox are finally two games over 500 for the first time since April. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.